Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. You can find me on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. Spelling G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. Welcome to episode 149 of the Galen Trombley Show. My guest today, he's actually been on my list for a long time, and I'm pumped to have him on today. Um, our first question I'm going to ask you, are you the most famous person in Clinton County, in upstate <laughs> New York, in the surrounding region? The most recognizable? Well, yes. Okay. And, 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 and I say that by way of uh, the TV station, you know, they do research, so they find out stuff like that. So I'm going by their research. So this is actual facts. Well, I mean, as far as TV people, the answer is yes. You know, am I more popular than, you know, a local mayor or something? I don't know. I, I would say just longevity-wise, you are. And yeah, if you is, hang around long enough, people get to know who you are. So, so and, and I'm not trying to age you here, Tom, but this is the one, this is why I think this is really cool for me because you started at NBC5 at 1990. Correct. Okay. I was born in 1989. So again, this is not to make you sound old. The thing is cool. It's like you've been really the only meteorologist I've ever known. And I watch, I watch NBC 99.9% of my time is NBC. So you are like the guy. You're the guy I've watched and you're really the only, I mean, there's been other ones that have, are with you, but you've been the one that's been consistent the whole time. So why is that? Like how, how have you been around so long? I mean, which is a good thing. I'm not, we're not complaining, but how do we get to keep you for was this going on 30-something years now? Yeah, 31, 31 years. just past 31. In our business, and especially, I think, more in the past, it was, you know, running for bigger markets. Everybody wanted to move up, 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 up. And we, meaning my family, and I, we had some opportunities to move up and go to some other markets, looked at Pittsburgh, looked at Orlando, but when we looked at the whole picture, it just didn't make sense for us. You know, we live on Lake Champlain. We've been there since the 90s. We absolutely love it. We use the lake. We're skiers. And we found it to be a great place to raise a family. And, you know, long and the short of it is if you've got a good thing going, why mess with it? But I'll tell you, back in the day when our parent company was talking about moving me, it was really stressful for us because... From their point of view, it's like, of course he's going to want to move up. You'll make more money. You could be on a bigger stage. And we kind of pushed back and said, you know what? We're pretty happy with what we have. And I'll tell you, I, I would not change it for anything. I'm so glad we never left. So sticking around a long time, you know, big fish, small pond. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's worked out great for us. Yeah, and I, and I think you're, you're obviously the rarity of that because you see it's like it's a revolving door sometimes with newscasters that come on and you see them get to used to them for a couple of years and all of a sudden they go off and you find out, you know, you follow them on social media or something that they're out in, like I said, Orlando. But um, so I, I think I think it's great. But how did you get into how did you get into this? Like, what was the start? Well, I got into it uh, in kind of a weird way here. Uh, I went to school way back when. I graduated from college in 1982. Okay. So I'm getting a little older now. And I went to school for business. I got a degree in business economics. And while at college, I got involved with the radio station there. And I thought, oh, this is really cool. So before I graduated, I 
you know, was promoted to program director, then the general manager was running it. So when I got out of school, I thought, eh, you know, I should do radio. That's what I know. So I went into sales for a little while. I didn't really like it. I liked being on, on the air better. So I got back on the air and ended up back in Rochester, New York, which is where I'm from. So I end up on the radio there. It was a top 40 station. It was back in the 80s. The music was great. It was uh, just in my 20s. It was a great game. You were a DJ. I was a DJ and the music director, eventually the program director there too. And there was a local television station, Channel 8, WROC, that were just getting absolutely killed by the other stations. And they had a weekend opening for a weather person. And they did something I had never seen done before. And I'm not sure I've seen it done since. They held open auditions. So wow. I went to the TV station. I said, this would be cool. I auditioned for a job and got it. And that's how I got into weather. I didn't know anything about weather at all. And I said, hey, this is really cool. So I thought, <laughs> hmm. So very soon thereafter, there was a television station in Watertown, New York, that was actually just signing on. It was brand new. They, were, they put up the tower. They, everything was brand new. And they needed a weather person. So I applied, got that job, went there, and then went back to school for meteorology. So okay. while I was in Watertown, I would uh, get up in the morning, go down to Oswego, take courses, then go back, then do the weather. And I also had a kid show there, too. Really? Yeah. So... Okay, that was not where I thought this was going. This is going to go. So okay, so this was just on a whim. So you just, were you ever attracted to the weather as a kid? It was just like jobs open, whatever. Let's try it. Uh, honestly, not really. I mean, you hear the story from weather geeks all the time. It's like, oh, you know, there was a big snowstorm, and I remember going out with my mom and dad, and we built snow forts, and it was the greatest thing, and I had to do it forever. No, it didn't happen. So this was just like dumb luck. You kind of rolled into it. Yes, it, um, it really was. So okay, so you went to. So they still allowed you to be on the, on the news as you were getting your degree, which I'm sure is not normal nowadays. It's not normal nowadays, okay. but it, you know, back in the day, it was no big deal at all to have weather people on that were like just performers and they weren't really wow. meteorologists at all. And that has grown into what it is today. Like our station, I w wouldn't hire somebody that uh, you know, doesn't have the credentials anymore. But back in the day, it is, was okay. Is there a degree in meteorology? Yeah, there is. Um, it, generally speaking, it's a four-year bachelor's degree. I kind of did it the back doorway, which is to say I already had a degree in business economics. And I went back and ended up doing 36 credit hours in addition to my degree and then took exams and did what I needed to do to get my official seal of approval from the AMS, the American Meteorological Society, which is what I did. So, I mean, and then at this point, it's just years and years and years of just doing it now it's to the point where it's like you could write a book on weather you know what i mean or or more or well, have you I, well i'd like to think so your wife's but, an yeah. author right I my wife is an author that's so that's is that like in the story is that in the process for you too you get well it's funny if, if, if you go way back when see you were too young you wouldn't remember this i had three weather books back in the 90s really and, yeah and they were no, I, uh, so I don't they, they were they were really like what was this magazines. on the show um like, well, they, they were they were like magazines, okay. you know, so they were soft cover and but we did it three years in a row and um, we put it out with, you know, what are the average highs and lows? And at the time I was writing newspaper articles for some local weeklies that we were uh, kind of repurposing those articles to put them in the weather book. 
So you could open the weather book. What's the average high? What's the average low? You could read these articles. And we actually sold some ads in there. So this is kind of like a local farmer's almanac? Yes. Farmer's almanac? Yes. That, that's, that's what it was, yeah. So when you went to uh, Oswego, were you in school with Al Roker at the same time? No, I was behind Al. He, so he's he was a little older, right? He's yeah. a little bit older, yeah. Um, but is that a pretty, uh, like, I guess in New York State, that's one of the main meteorology schools? Is the only yeah. one? No, it's not the only, only one at all, but uh, uh, SUNY Albany is excellent, as a matter of fact. Yeah, over in Brockport, they do it too. Um, but Al did not go for meteorology. So he's not a meteorologist. Really? Yeah, I, I think he got a degree in communications or something like that. So in order to be a meteorologist, you have to have the degree in it? In this day and age, that's what they want. You at least need the seal of approval from the American Meteorological Society, which is pretty stringent to get that. So you being a chief meteorologist, you're just kind of grandfathered in now. Or no? You mean as the chief or as a or meteorologist? Or as a meteorologist. Like when, yeah. when they say you're a chief meteorologist, you've kind of been just because of time and longevity. Well, the, and... the chief means you're in charge of the department at your station. Okay. And then, but be, now you said you are a meteorologist, but you, but like, how is that? If you don't have a degree in it or you do have so, a degree? So what it is, is uh, there are, there are requirements from kind of the, you know, the, the, the gods of meteorology, mm -hmm. the American Meteorological Society. So they said to be a meteorologist, you need to do these things. So, which is a 36 credit hours you took at Oswego. Which was that, that's right. That worked okay. toward that. And then you have to take an exam. It's kind of like the, uh, the weather geek bar exam. Okay. And, uh, and you have to submit your work on tape in the day and they, and they check it all out. So my degree, in addition to all those requirements, um, transferred to the seal of approval that you see on TV, which is the highest level you can get for a TV guy. And then Al never did that. Correct. Gotcha. So technically he's just a weather man or whatever you would call yeah, a weather person. I, yes, that's true. Okay. I mean, he's, he does a great job too. Oh so yeah, sure he does. The, uh, so, um, and again, you said you're from Rochester. Like how did you get into the area in Plattsburgh? It was just the job opened up? Yeah. So what happened was when I was in Watertown, Going to school and also doing in those days, there were, there were fewer newscasts. So I was doing the 6 o'clock and 11 o'clock news during the week, which gave me all day to go, you know, to Oswego and back. It was about an hour 10 each way. So I also did a kid's show called the TV 50 Caboose Club. <laughs> and this was a half hour show that ran on weekends that we shot during the week and then, and then turned it around and put it on uh, in the morning. So on Saturday morning, so we won an award with that show and it was a New York State Broadcasters Award. So we went down to Saratoga Springs to pick up the award because they have this, uh, you know, this glitzy night or whatever. And everybody goes down there. And just by chance, three of us that were there from uh, Channel 50 in Watertown got put at a table with people from WPTZ. Were you an NBC affiliate at the time? No, nope, ABC. Okay. Doesn't matter, really. So we got to know the people a little bit, and we had a great night. And then I saw pretty soon thereafter that they were looking for a weather person. So I said, hey, I know those guys, and applied for the job and got it. And now this was roughly what year? Probably 19, late 80s? 1990. That was, okay. Yep. Um, and then moved up here, like... When did you kind of decide that this was the area you want to stay in? Uh, I think mostly we decided when other people said, hey, or the company said, hey, you know, if you're interested in moving, we'd like to have you at another thing, you know, an, a, another property. We like what you do. So how about doing it over here? 
which by then, you know, I had a bunch of years in here. I had met Kate by then. We got married and we sort of looked at the landscape. Uh, we had a family by then and said, you know what? We're good. Yeah, that's cool. I, um, so in your opinion, what makes a good, uh, you know, weather person? Like what, what is, what's, when you look at it with your critical eye, like what makes someone like, again, I, I know in my business, I'll look at someone and be like, they know what they're talking about. Like when you look at a weather person, what's like, what's the intangibles that come out where you're like that, that's someone that knows what they're doing. I think there are two things uh, involved in doing TV weather, which is to say, uh, how good are you with the science and explaining what is going on and understanding what is going on. But I think TV, and I've always leaned on this a little bit more than anything, is uh, I think the presentation on TV is huge. I think authenticity is huge, which is to say, I find by far, in my opinion, the people that are best on TV are the people that are themselves. Because if you're trying to be somebody you're not on TV, eventually you can tell. A hundred percent. And yeah. that's something I've really tried to, like on this, I don't cut anything. So it's like anybody that talks to me here is like, yeah, it's the same guy I saw down yeah. the road. Like he's, uh, I'm not trying to fake it. So when I, when I look at you, like the number one thing, actually a question, spinoff question. If you're talking on the weather, how deep into the science do you go on the weather? Like actual reporting the weather? Well, we do the forecasting. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes people don't realize that, you know, they're like, oh, you know, what do you look at an app or yeah. the National Weather Service saying we don't we use science every day. And you would laugh, you know, if there are a couple of us in the weather center and a lot of times there are we're like agonizing. I don't know. What do you think? Eighty nine or ninety. If we go ninety, you know, it, it's a it's a mental jump from eighty nine and all this stuff. So we will agonize. And so. and oftentimes, you know, it'll turn into like a joke or whatever. But over the littlest things that would surprise you. So there's a lot of science that goes into it. And then, you know, if you're talking about um, oh, a snowstorm. It's like, I don't know. What do you think? God, I, this thing looks like a six inch snowstorm. I don't know. I think it's closer to three and this kind of stuff. So, you know, if you're asking <laughs> how much do we put into the forecast, it, it's a lot. But having said that, and this is one thing I think that that's always worked for me is I think you have to be careful how it comes off on TV, because if you get too geeky, you lose people. Well, that's what I was wondering, because a lot of times, like layman's terms, if you're talking to me about weather, like I understand a little bit, like someone might understand a little bit, but we're not at that level. So I'm just like, okay, there's a cold front coming in. I know right. a cold front means like a storm or rain or something like that, right? Yeah. Like maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm even wrong <laughs> no, on that. No, 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 that's, that's, that's good. good. <laughs> but that's my mind thinking like, that's about the level I need. And But it's so funny when you see like, I, my wife loves the heat. So if you say 90, she's like, this could be 90 tomorrow. It could be 89. But you said that mental jump by one, yeah. it's like the six to eight inches of snow. Well, six to eight inches, we got to hunker down. And I'm like, well, if it's five inches, you're still snow, snow blowing. So it's like, who cares? But it's funny that you say that because a lot of it's like the, it's the, uh, the mental, it, like it's, it's just something that people have to get over. I find that weather too, the funny thing about weather is it's like the icebreaker for any conversation. Oh, for sure. You're talking to yeah. somebody, you don't know them, like, God, nice day we're having today, right? Well, it's funny. In my position, you have to always know what the forecast is. And I learned this pretty early on. It's like, you know, I normally work Monday through Friday. Let's say it's Sunday and I don't know, going to the farmer's market, going wherever. Yep. And somebody's like, yeah. hey, is it going to rain tomorrow? And, and it's like, I have to make sure I know the forecast because they see me and they want a forecast. 
You know, it's, so it's, it's like, like, I'm not like a walking forecast. It's like my, my thing. How's the market? I'm like, yeah. I gotta know that. I gotta know How's the stats. The, I right, pull it right. out of pocket. I'm like, okay. It's so, what you do. It's what you know. You know, we know you as that guy. Yeah. And it, so that's why I always laugh when I, when people see you, I'm like, they must, do, do you get people that like heckle you on the streets? Like Tom, you said it was going to be 10 inches. It was seven. Like, you know, no, you know what happens is people are very rarely on my case about missing a forecast. Mm-hmm. And we do sometimes, but the, the science is pretty good these days, certainly compared to when I started. But We'll hear from people all the time if the weather's not what they want. So they're not mad if you blow a forecast. They're mad if it's raining. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you brought us rain. It's like, well. It's almost like the Truman Show, right? It's like, let me just yeah. go get my switch and we'll just put the dome <laughs> yeah, back right. over. We'll be good. If only. Um, so when, when it talks about the, the, uh, the theatrical part of it, like, what, what do you, you're great at it. I mean, for, again, me watching visually, but like, what's your thought process when the camera starts rolling? Um, be yourself. I just can't stress this. And I try to tell, you know, the people that I work with and, you know, I'm the old guy there. So sort of uh, the overall mentor at this point, but you just have to be yourself and you have to speak in regular terms. And for the new people, oftentimes that's really tough. And I'll tell you why they just got out of school. A lot of times they spent four years doing heavy duty science. They did calculus you know, they did physics. And when you do all this and you come on TV, you're going to tell everybody how smart you are. And I'm the guy that says they want to know if it's going to rain and when. Yeah. It's just the way it is. Yeah. And, and I think uh, one, one of my absolute favorite things, I mean, one, you're just, you're just smooth. I think you, you have a good, uh, 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 what's it called? Enunciation or connotation. Is that the word? When you're like the way you just present yourself and go up and down and you kind of, you get into it. You're not boring. You're not monotone, which is one of the things you see like you know, there's a couple of other people I've, I've seen before and they just kind of point like it's going to be 90, it's going to be 78 and, and it, there's not much motion to it. Uh, the other thing that I love, which I think we got a lot of this over COVID was you and Brian, <laughs> like I know there's some spoofs online cause I saw those like, how's like, how's that? Like how, how's the, how's the, uh, I guess the relationship or the vibe with the rest of the newscaster and during a segment when you guys are live. Cause it is kind of a, like a, it's like a play almost. Yeah. No, it's, it's a blast. And I think Brian's doing a really nice job because I'm sure at first when these guys come to town, they're like, uh, you know, they look at me like, who is this guy? Because I'm the old guy. I'm the guy that's always busting chops, always pushing it just a little bit. And, uh, you know, the poor guys have been there a couple weeks and I'm already, you know, giving them a hard time and everything. But I, I think that uh, I think they realize really quickly what people remember in TV. And this is just 99% of the time. They remember the quirky stuff. They remember the, you know, what you're talking about. They're, they're, they remember the exchange going into the weather. They don't remember if I had a dew point map mm-hmm. and they don't care. Is it going to rain? Yes or no. Is that person fun to watch? There's no question in my mind that that's what you've got and that's what you need to do. Well, when you're giving, like, you might give Brian a hard time and do like a quick, a witty thing. And then he's thinking on his feet, trying to come up with something. And he's got a much drier sense of humor. And it's funny to watch the two. Cause I'm, I always look at it and I laugh, but then I, I hear the joke and then I'll be like, Hey, Gina, my wife, Gina, Gina. And I'm like, Hey, Gene, you should have see, see what uh, Tom just said to Brian. It was just like, of course we're sitting there with the kids doing stuff and it's yeah. just a lot of fun. Um, now, how's it like standing in front of a green screen? Cause again, we see it, but there's nothing behind you, right? It's just green. Right. So how do you know when you're putting your hand up, I got like, here's Keen, here's Keen Valley. And then here's Ticonderoga and here's Plattsburgh. And I mean, you're, when you're pointing to it, you're pretty darn close. Or is your hand really far away and it's an optical illusion? Are you, it, it, it's surprisingly 
not as hard as you think. Okay. If that makes any sense. <laughs> because if you, I, I want you to imagine, uh, I, I know there's nothing there that you can see, but you have a TV on either side of the green screen, which yep. is what I'm looking at to see where I'm pointing. Mm -hmm. And if you can imagine on the green screen, say the United States, the Northeast is still up where the Northeast would be if there were really a map there. Mm -hmm. And Florida is where it would be. And the West Coast is where it would be. So it's a matter of getting used to not putting your hand back and touching and just sort of pointing straight, which is the weird thing. It, it doesn't take long to figure it out. It's it, it's really not. So your um, hand's pretty far away. When you're, like, you know what I mean? You're not like tapping it. Where no, it's we're not tapping like, it. Oh, he just said Plattsburgh and his hand's in like, you know, South Junction. Yeah. No. <laughs> so our, uh, we're, we're standing probably two feet from the wall. Okay. Yeah. So we're out a little bit. And the reason that is, is because if you don't, the lights, there's a shadow on this on the screen you have to be far enough out to get rid of the shadow from the lights in front of you and uh yeah now the teleprompter are you ad limbing ad libbing or is most of that just kind of going through no like, we don't we don't use the teleprompter so everything you just say is off the cuff right i love it yeah that's that's yeah. how i like it. you said being authentic because now the newscasters they read they read okay yeah. yeah um has it always been that way yeah okay pretty much yeah you couldn't do it any other way then no no yeah. as a matter of fact a lot of times weather people <clears throat> you might notice that if you watch a weather guy, oh, maybe doing a, a, a promotional announcement or something, and they come off as just a little bit different than they do on TV, it's because they're usually lousy at reading. And I'm not even kidding. Yeah. A lot of times news directors or people in charge of news or the promotions people will be like, try to be yourself when you read this, because that's one of the hardest things to do. And, and I give it to these news people who can read really well. I, it, for me, it's hard yeah. because I don't need to do it. So it's so much easier to come off as myself on TV when you're ad-libbing. Well, like I do videos and stuff here. Same thing. I, I use a joke. Um, are you familiar with Barstool Sports? Yeah. I mean, the one bite, everybody knows the rules. So I always tell people when I had interns here, I'm like, one take, everybody knows the rules. Like we're doing one take unless it's like God awful and like something happens or yeah. the wall falls behind me. Like <laughs> we're just rolling. And part of it is the authenticity. Like I say, um, a lot, I think, uh, I stutter. I, I you know, I catch my thoughts. say, Oh, I meant this. And I, I like it because again, people relate to that. And like, yeah, that's just a normal guy reading, like just being himself and not, well, you're really onto something. And this is something that I try to teach some of the newer people. People tend to really agonize in TV. They'll, they'll be like, um, uh, you know, we've got some rain in Keene Valley or, or, or make that Saranac Lake. And then you move on. So, you know, they're, they're, bumming out and they're like, I can't believe I called the town the wrong thing and all this. And I'm like, oh. no, 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 no. I said, here's the thing. Cause new people, they go back, they look at the tape. They think they made a big mistake. I said, I want you to listen to any conversation mm -hmm. anywhere, anytime. I said, it is loaded with mistakes. Yeah. I said, and if you want to sound authentic, authentic, deal with it as though you're talking to your best friend. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like I, if I go back and count the times I do that, and, and if that were counting against me, it's a disaster. Yeah. I make mistakes all the time, but I think 90% of it is how you handle that. Oh yeah. You just roll through. It's like the confidence. Yeah. If you speak with confidence, people are like, I, yeah, I think he was wrong, but he's, he's rolling. Like, <laughs> but he must be right. But he sounds I like must he's overheard, right. I must have heard it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how accurate you said, uh, obviously a lot of uh, science and technology, how accurate are the radars? Like how pinpoint can you get to? Oh, they're great. So, because one of the things, I play golf. So, like, I check the radar 
Weather comes in. I don't rely on the percent chance of rain. I always yeah. look for the radar. Yep. And especially me, like I'll zoom in on the course and be like, is there any yellow, green, anything like that? Yeah. So, but yeah. it's pretty, pretty spot on. It is. Uh, one thing around here though, depending where you are, a lot of mountains, mountains and radar, are not great because radar is pretty much line of sight. So if you're talking about trying to find some storms, say in the Adirondacks or something like that, as you start to get farther away from the radar, which is in Colchester, Vermont, you know, the thing is normally at like half a degree. So as you go out, it's getting higher, higher, higher. So a lot of times, especially in the winter, if you're far from the radar, the radar can actually shoot over, say, snow, which, which oftentimes coming from low clouds. So you got to be careful about that in an area with mountains. So there's some times where you look at the science, but you might be able to, again, just kind of gut instinct, tweak it a little bit because you know something like that has to be taken into consideration. Yeah, for sure. And a lot of times what you need to do is if you're looking at a radar and you're like, eh, you need to uh, take a look at what's happening on the ground. So if there are weather stations on the ground, is it raining or snowing? And verify what the radar is or isn't showing you. Um, I love it when... You guys like go outside and you're like standing in the snow, like you're yeah. actually doing the report in yeah. the snow. Oh, yeah. How, how is that easy to pull off or is that a little more tricky? Cause you're not in front of the green screen or do you like that better? Uh, they just I, bring a camera out and shoot you, right? There's not a lot, whole yeah, lot of production. No, there. not at all. No, I think going out is great. I, I like, uh, w what we do a lot of times now is I'll be the guy in the station and then send out one of the younger guys just so we're doing like team coverage. So yeah. uh, they're out, you know, they're all cold in the wind and everything and I can laugh at them and then be warm in the studio. It's fun. So I, uh, well, speaking of studio, so the new studio in Plattsburgh, yeah. it's great. Oh, fantastic. Love it. Love I, it. I, re I refer to it the house that Tom built. So, I mean, I just, it's kind of one of, like, we kind of joked, I have, a, I have a buddy that works at, at your company and I, I said, is that that was built for Tom, right? That was Tom, that's Tom that's Tom's spot, and and uh, he was kind of laughing about it. But I said it's just kind of the it's the spot that Tom or the the house that Tom built. So, um, do you, are you how many people were in that building at one time, or is there some nights where you just go open the door, walk in, do the report, and walk out? Here's and then how the janitor it, might come in. Well, here here's how it works. It, it it it's a little confusing during COVID at the height of COVID when you and I were talking about originally yeah, doing yeah. this. Yep. Um, I was the only one that was allowed to go in the building. Because they, they had the lockdown going on and all the salespeople and everybody, they were working from home. Mm -hmm. But I needed a studio. So I would go in whenever I went in. I was the only one in there always. So now we've got, and, and this is, you know, the build up to where we're trying to get to. We've got salespeople in there. We have an accountant in there. We have some assistants for the salespeople in there uh, and two reporters that are going to be working out of there. So it's starting to ramp up. The thing with me is I have a very strange schedule because what I do is I go to Vermont to the main studio because, as you know, they picked the studio up and moved it to Vermont mm -hmm. a few years ago. So it's in South Burlington. So I take the ferry over. I do the 5 o'clock, 5.30, 6 o'clock weather. I then drive back to Plattsburgh and do the 10 on Channel 31 and the 11 o'clock news on Channel 5 from Plattsburgh. And those are all different. I mean, those are all live. Those are all live. Uh, the 10 o'clock one's live too on a different yep. station? Yeah. Okay. And um, is that, I, I'm assuming, or I guess what would be the reason for that? Why couldn't you do all in one? Is it just because they want, it's the main news, they want all three together? Yeah. And, which is, I did do them all here during COVID. So mm -hmm. to keep everybody separated, I was doing all the cast here for like 14 months. Uh, it was a long time. And that was by yourself. 
and that was by myself. So you went, turned the lights on, did all the stuff, got yep. things cranking? Changed the, the batteries and the microphones, just like you do here, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. Yep. And I did the whole thing. And uh, it was really great. It was really convenient. It's funny because that building, they did a great job. Everything in it is brand new. It used to be my bank. Yeah, yeah. So, so where yeah. I'm standing doing the weather, that used to be the counter where I'd say, hey, can I have my money? Can't, yeah. Um, and, and, uh, so when you come back, though, that's just more for convenience. So like poor Tom can go to bed by at a normal hour. What happened was the TV station announced they were going to move. And as you'd imagine, that was like, oh man, for those that were in Plattsburgh and most people were at the time, we have kind of the the model at channel five is that we want to have a prime lined up lineup where people know who the news people are, the weather people, sports whatever and then the reporters they kind of come and go which is to say we bring them in they're young we train them up and then we move them up to the other stations in Hearst who owns us Mm -hmm. and Hearst is a huge company owns a big chunk of ESPN um, owns uh, 26 28 TV stations that do news they own the Albany Times Union they own all kinds of stuff um, Cosmopolitan magazine. So we're the training ground for some of the younger people coming through, but they want the anchors to be the faces of the station, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. So when they said, Hey, we're going to move the station. This was just a few years ago. I sort of looked at the landscape and my wife and I did go to Vermont, looked at property. And I said to him, I said, look guys, I am not going to move. Cause we decided, you know, we love where we live. We're down in cliff Haven. Mm-hmm. We're on the lake. Uh, and property over there is r- Ridiculous. ridiculously yeah. expensive. Um, it was like three times as much to get what oh, yeah. we wanted on water, may- maybe four. Yeah. So we said, you know, if there's something we can do about this to help me out, I said, I'd love to stay. So if we can make this sustainable, that would be great. So they said to me, well, what if we put a station in Plattsburgh because we need a bureau, but what if we set it up to do weather too? I said, that would be Bingo. great. Yeah, and that's what happened. Um, now, if that wasn't happening, you would just had to commute. Over. Yeah, and um, I do commute every day. But I've got to tell you, um, getting out of work after the eleven o'clock news and being, you know, about eight minutes from home, there's no traffic. Yeah, as opposed to coming back and getting on the ferry is that difference is huge. Yeah. So, so driving over during the day is no big deal for me. I don't mind. So, like the the noon, if you got to fill in for the noon, that's in Plattsburgh, though. Right. So, so today. Yep. <laughs> So you got a schedule today. This is so, a day. So here's the schedule today. So uh, we're going to wrap for a while. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to go up to Route 3. I'm going to do the noon news. Then I'm going to get on the ferry. I'm going to go to Vermont. I'm going to do the 5 o'clock, 5.30, 6 o'clock. I'm then going to get on the ferry. I'm going to come back. I'm going to quick go home, say hi to Kate, my wife. I'm going to say hi to my daughter if she's around. She's home from college nice. for uh, nice. the summer. And then I'm going to go up to Route 3, and then I'm going to do the 10 and the 11. So what, what time do you normally get to bed after the 11 o'clock? I, have a, I actually have worked it out that I come home, and I go directly to bed, and I read for a while and fall asleep. And I figured that out after years of staying up too late. Okay, and that, that allows you to kind of have regulate the morning and then kind of have Correct. the normal. Uh, and then weekends, you're pretty much off unless there's like something really bad happens you got to cover. Right. Or maybe a promotional thing, but usually I'm off. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Um, now how long does it take to get to kind of that level of the schedule where you get, like you do get the Monday through Friday, you don't have the weekend gigs. 
Well, that's the prime spot, as you'd imagine. And you get that gig if you are the person that's on in the morning, mm-hmm. like Caitlin Napoleoni, yep. or at night. Otherwise, uh, the hours are tough. Yeah. So in my case, you know, if you go back to when you were one year old. So who started with you? Who was like the first when you came on? Like who was the because you were the young guy at the time. Yeah. So who, who were your like mentors at the time? Well, Gib Brown. Gib was still there? Okay. Gib was there and was there for many years after mm-hmm. that. He, he hasn't been off the air for that long. Yeah. Um, Stu Ledbetter, who is yeah. a guy who's still there. He's the other old guy. Um, he was the news anchor when I got here. Because didn't he hire on a bunch of people early He hired on? me. Yeah. I was going to say, Stu's been there forever. Yeah. He was the news director way back in the day. And then uh, when the company came in, they shifted things around and made him like the bureau chief over in Vermont. And they started to do the big push for Vermont, which upset the people in northern New York, understandably. Um, and Tim Singer was our sports guy. I don't know if you remember Tim. You probably don't because no. he left soon thereafter, yeah. right? And Aaron Clark. Was, I remember the name. Was the, uh, she was there for a while, right? She was there for yeah. quite a while. And she, uh, she moved to a sister station of ours out in uh, Salinas, California, in the Monterey Peninsula. She's still there. So she left in 98. I remember that because it yeah. was right around the ice storm. Yeah, that sounds. I, was, I remember the name, and when you start going back, I think they had a uh, well Stephanie Gorham when she just got off. They did like the montage, and you saw like all the old newscasters. Yeah. I'm like, oh my god, I remember those people and Gus Rosendale and like all these yeah, people that yeah. kind of came back. And then it's like, where are they now? And you, you know, it's kind of funny how, um, like I said, you you grow up with these people for a certain amount of time, and then these things happen. But um, again, now going back to like the radar, how far out can you predict roughly? Before it gets to the point where like, ah, I'm now at day 8, 9, 10, 12, the 20. I can't really predict that. You have a really good handle on the first three days. Okay. Fourth day starting to get a little bit shaky. And after that, it's you can see what's coming, but the timing end, ends up changing a little bit. You know, so like, uh, what's today? Tuesday. If I told you, hey, Sunday, it's going to rain in the afternoon because all the forecast models that we're looking at, that's what they're suggesting. Oftentimes that'll go, that might change a little bit to the rain shows up at night or maybe earlier in the day, which is bad news on the weekend. Mm-hmm. So farther out you go, the shakier, normally it's timing more than anything. So what causes, again, this is probably simplistic, but like what causes the weather to change like that? Like when you have it on the radar and all of a sudden it doesn't rain, it's supposed to rain, doesn't rain. Like what, um, I get, yeah. What causes the weather just to change that quickly? Well, I mean, it could be, it could be a number of things. Oftentimes it's a wind situation, which is to say that, uh, maybe the jet stream pushed stuff a little bit farther east or west, like a nor'easter is actually a good example of, um, you know, if you have a setup where it looks like we're going to get bombed with snow, say, and then, uh, when that happens, that's usually low pressure coming off the East coast and okay. throwing snow from the Atlantic back to us. If that low goes, I don't know, 50 miles farther east off the coast, that can make a, the difference between 12 inches and one inch for us. And uh, a nor'eastern is, is referring to where the wind is coming from. Or That's right. Gotcha. Yeah. That's yep. what I always thought because I'm like, because nor'eastern, I'm like, well, it's not a northeast thing because then every snowstorm would be a nor'eastern. So when you say nor'eastern, you're like, oh boy, like we better, we better make sure there's gas in the snowblower and I got That's my right. gloves and boots out. So, yeah. um, so what's your favorite part of weather? Now that you've been in it for, or maybe even started, has it changed? Has it evolved? Of weather or my job? Of one of weather. Okay. Just weather. And then we'll go into your job. Okay. But just purely the scientific part of weather. Well, I think my favorite part is trying to figure out snowstorms. That's a blast. 
and meaning how much snow? yes okay. how much snow okay. because it, it it's just it's wildly difficult to figure out you know who's going to get what in our area and i think sometimes it's easy to forget this for those that are watching or, or why would you even think about it our area of coverage is huge here compared to a lot of markets because we are responsible for all of vermont part of new hampshire all of northern new york and we're actually on in canada we don't pay too much attention to that mm -hmm. that is a ton of real estate i mean there are times where i did school visits and I had to drive two and a half, three hours to get to the school, and it's still within our viewing area. Yeah. Meanwhile, like when I was in Rochester working, if you think about this on a weather map, if you're in Rochester, to the north there's a lake, so there's nothing. You have Buffalo, which is literally 60 miles one way, so that leaves you 30 miles in one direction, then it's another market, and then Syracuse on the other side. So you think about the amount of geography uh, that is covered in Rochester compared to us here. The difference is huge. Well, that translates into weather forecasts too, because if you're trying to say, hey, here's what Plattsburgh's going to get, but Southern Vermont could be completely different. So one of my, and this is exactly how I wrote the question, and I'm going <laughs> to put both of these together. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to read the question the way I wrote it. I said, do you like the four seasons? And then I put, is less seasons cheating? Meaning as a meteorologist. And then I go, are you more legit than a San Diego slash fair weather weatherman? So meaning like... Oh, that's funny. No, I know what you're yeah. saying. So yeah. So I mean, I, I look at it and I didn't even think about what you said with just the, the space of the market. I mean, if you had a... If you're in a city, um, New York City, well, it's kind of easy. I mean, because distance-wise, it's only so big. Yes. So do you find like... Do you just find that you've earned it? That you've earned like... Like I'm a legit, like I just deal with a lot of craziness and a lot of unpredictables and a big area, like whether Northern New York, Southern New Hampshire could be completely different. Yeah. So, I mean, again, are you better than a fair weather weatherman? Well, I don't know if I'm better, but I can tell you my job is, is more interesting. Yeah. You know, when you talk about the four seasons, it makes my gig great. Yeah. Weather to people here is wildly important for a number of reasons. Mm -hmm. The seasons... You know, we did, I didn't even throw in when you talk about the geography here. What about the topography? Which is to say, now you're talking about snow in the mountains, rain in the valley, maybe rain, you know, south, but snow to the north because of the difference in temperatures. So it, it, this is really a difficult area to forecast accurately because of all the differences going on. Now, when you talk about San Diego... <laughs> I mean, you know, hey, it's going to be 79, maybe 80 today. I think you need to be a comedian or something. I know. You have to entertain beyond saying it's going to be another great well, day. Well, it's kind of like Anchorman, which yes, makes me yes. think why they put the Anchorman maybe out yeah. in San Diego. But it's, because uh, <laughs> what would that make you? Isn't, uh, isn't Brick the weatherman in that? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, it, Steve Carell, <laughs> great. But I don't know if Brick's going to, you know, stand up to uh, his Tom level. So, um, but in regards to the four seasons that, I mean, that obviously makes it fun for you too, because it's oh, not yeah. monotonous. No, it makes it way more fun. Yeah. And uh, we, we get everything here. If you think about it, once in a while, we'll even get tropical storms. Mm -hmm. You know, you think about Irene, but, uh, you get rain, you get snow, you get hail, you get sleet, you get all that stuff, which 
means you're really dealing with a lot more of the science than you are in a San Diego. So I don't know if that makes us more legit, but it definitely keeps us busier. Well, I, I kind of think it makes you a little more polished because you've seen so many things. Like a San Diego, if you get a San Diego weatherman that comes up to northern New York, right. he's going to be like, okay, Tom, like what? There's a yeah. mountain here. Yes. Like, what, <laughs> what, 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 what is that mountain and what is that white stuff? I mean, I'm, no, I'm used to the tide coming in, but I don't, you know, I don't know a whole lot about this. So um, now what's your favorite part? Because we did weather. So what's your favorite part of the job? Like my, as a weatherman, my, my favorite part of the job I've had here is getting out and doing live stuff. Mm-hmm. So you go out to area events, you broadcast live from there, you meet people and you have a blast. So again, I was going to ask you the announcing and I didn't even know you were, you were a DJ at one point. So the MC gig, that's just natural. Yeah. You behind a mic is just, I mean, you're obviously in front of a camera, but it's different when you get a live audience. Well, I have said this. Or an in-person live audience, I should say. Yeah. Well, I've said this for years, and sometimes uh, I'll get asked by a college student or something like that. They'll say, hey, you know, what can I do to, you know, to get my career rolling? And I'll always tell them, if you're at college and there's a radio station, do radio. If you want to be a weather person, which, you know, might sound weird to you. But the reason I say that is people on the radio and podcasts now, you have to ad lib. And if you're a good ad-libber, you're going to be way better than if you're not. And, you know, sometimes you'll see news people who are kind of stiff if they're not reading. Then when it's time to ad-lib, they're like, "Eh," you know, they don't have a lot of experience in that. Whether people are ad-libbing all the time. So you need to practice that. Um, It it is a skill because I... Someone uh, a couple podcasts ago, someone's like, "I don't know how you like do this." And I'm like, "I don't even think about it. It's just you just kind of go off the cuff." And I was writing down, and I usually write some questions down. Sometimes I don't write questions down. It just kind of depends. There's stuff I just don't want to forget to ask you. Yeah, That's no, more of it. Sure, but it's it's still the idea that I'm going through, and I'm like, I don't need to ask about that. I just it'll just I'll just roll into it, and then you know just kind of go from there. And I think a lot of, um, I think the ad libbing part, like I said, you got to think on your feet. There, there, it's a skill. There's a skill level to it. Otherwise, you just kind of look like a deer in headlights, and like I don't know what to say well in the podcast situation too you you anybody interviewing you need to listen to what the other person's saying sometimes you'll see somebody with a list in front of them and they clearly weren't listening to what the other person said and they just go to the next question and it's like "Mm, i want to hear more about that that, that's that's always my my worry because i'm trying to sit there and be like okay just make sure i'm not looking at so my eyes can train so then i just kind of like okay we touched on that but then i also want to make sure it's like that that's the hardest part i wish i had like a list where it's like you haven't asked these yet. Like, it <laughs> makes it a little easier. But the, uh, so, because I said, we, we've, like, okay, so the announcing and the hosting, because you do a lot of stuff, like, was it first night in Burlington? Yeah, or is all that, that kind of stuff. Is first night? Well, first night was in Burlington, but we okay. do, you know, we do. Mayor's the, Cup and. Right, Mayor's Cup and the, the tree lighting and Battle of Plattsburgh and all that stuff. Is there one that sticks out that's, like, more fun than the other? They all kind of merge together? Is one you really look forward to? I think I look forward to them all. It was really noticeable to me that when COVID hit and I didn't go out and do any live stuff for well over a year, uh, I was going batty in the studio. I love getting out and hanging out with people and stuff. And it was just, like I said, it was just super noticeable to me that that was the favorite part of my job because I missed it so much. Do you think that it, it, it... Like COVID for me, I, I like being out and about, I like seeing people and then to not see somebody, I almost feel like it affected me in the sense of like my energy level and like, oh, you know, sure. pent up. Do you find that that carried over to the news, like the newscast? Were you aware of that? Were you something like, man, I got to really like up myself for this, you know, maybe tonight's forecast because I'm a little, you know, a little down or a little just like, ah, it's kind of I'm the only guy in the studio again. Well, I, you know, I think you have to be aware of that. It, it would be easy. It would be easy to do that if you're not careful. 
Um, I, I usually feel like I've got the energy once the microphone and the, the camera goes on, but it, it was weird after a while to just day in and day out, go to a place by myself and then stand in front of a wall. And the only interaction was on TV because I could see them and hear them in my earpiece talking to me. So, you know, but you're right. You, you do, you do have to make sure you have some energy for sure. Are you always, someone's always in your ear? Yeah. And, and what do they say? Like, what are they telling you when you're on, on air? Well, a couple things in the earpiece. You can hear what's on TV because the mic has to be cut. Kind of so like that, this. Just like we have headphones gotcha. on now. Okay. That's right. So you can hear, like when I'm in Plattsburgh and they're in South Burlington, they're like, hey, Tom, man, it was hot today, huh? Yeah, it sure was. I heard them say that in the earpiece. Gotcha. The other thing is we have a producer in the earpiece talking to you while you're on TV, which is weird. So I'll be talking along and they're giving me time cues here gotcha. in Plattsburgh. Okay. So I might be talking along and it's like, uh, yeah, we got a cold front. That's going to go through two minutes. Blah, 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 about it one minute. And then uh, what's going to happen? Here's your five day forecast, 30 seconds. And then you keep blah, 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 10, blah, 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 five, four, three, two, one, out. And, and this whole thing, this, I mean, and you're so clued in. So like, I know what a minute sounds like. Yeah. Now. Like, yeah. Um, but it takes time to get used to that yeah. because... Because at first, when you when you start this, it's like, because you're trying to think about what you're going to say and somebody's in your ear. And where it really gets tough is if there's a problem at the station, say, and you're here and they're trying to tell you in the ear, it's like, we lost the next story, so stretch. Oh, how's that go? Well, if, you, if I understood it, I'm okay. But a lot of times, if there's like a sentence they tell me in my ear while I'm talking on TV, it's hard to... It's hard to understand what they said because you're thinking about the other thing. And sometimes you're not sure what they said. And you're like, oh, no, I wonder what that was. So you've got all this going on in your head. So if you don't, if you don't stretch, meaning carry on for another minute or something, right. then what happens? Like, is there a part where you just like, has there been dead space? Or they just go to an early commercial and just run an extra any, ad? Any of those things can happen. Okay. <laughs> so when, when this whole thing is going on, so you guys come on for a half hour it's I, again. It's it's laid out. You have a you know a script or yep. you have a oh, yeah. sequence of events, very specifically timed. Yeah, so you know exactly when you have to be there. Now the entire thirty minutes, though, when you're like you said, if you're not actually doing the news or the the weather report, are you still watching the whole thing for a half hour? Yes. Or is it one where you're like, hey, I have to come on in fifteen minutes. I can work at my desk for ten, then come back on. Well, I'm doing that, but I have. The earpiece in so I can hear where we are in the news and I have a TV, so I'm okay. watching it. And I'm trying to think now because I don't remember off the top of my head. So if, if like Brian or Alice or someone says something in the newscast, they don't really reference you much unless you're kind of involved on that, like on the, not the actual yeah. weather. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Because I was going to say, that'd be kind of tricky when you're like typing and be like, oh shoot, what was that, uh, Brian? What'd you say? And like, because you're good about popping up and they cut over and then you're in front of the screen and you're sitting at the desk with like the wood behind you. That is that that's the new news station. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. That looks really sharp. I will tell you this. Um, we had an issue one night we had storms going on and I was in Plattsburgh. It was during the height of COVID. And the you know, it really pointed out the difference between being here alone or with people. Because in the studio in Burlington, you have a floor director, somebody who's in charge of saying, all right, Brian, you're up next. This is going to be a box shot, which is where you might have a, a graphic next to his head. Or, you know, you need to be at that monitor because we have all these different, so different monitors. So you have somebody there telling you where to go. 
and when you're going to be on. And even when I'm in Burlington, when I'm there later today, they'll be like, all right, you're on in one minute, so get ready. Okay, cool, and then you know when to go. Well, when I was alone one night during a storm, um, I was trying to update, I don't know, something, snow totals, I forgot what it was, and they actually came to me. We had a director who didn't tell me I was coming up, and I'm not even going to blame the director, I'm sorry, the producer. It wasn't her fault, really. She had her hands full with this storm going on, too. Mm-hmm. And I just wasn't ready. And without a floor director, there was nobody there to say, get over to the wall, you're on. And I missed it. So what happens? They pan to the wall and you're just not there? Correct. And then what happens there? They just cut? Well, I think they went back to the anchors. They said, hey, you know, I'm sure Tom's getting some more data for us. We'll get back to it. Oh, yeah. So they 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 covered it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, When you put the graphics on the screen, like you said, the snow totals, that's you inputting it. And then do you, are you edit, are you editing your own graphics? Yes. So you're good at editing software and, and visuals and everything like that? I wouldn't say that, but I, I do what I can. Enough that it passes that it does make the screen? Well, what it is is we've got a team, Tyler and Ben, that are in charge of our graphics, and they're fantastic. Okay. And they've dumbed them down for me, which okay. is great. So it's like plug and play, and you're good? Pretty much plug <laughs> and play, yeah. And the other thing that's nice about it is our graphics, if, you ever, if you're traveling, you might end up in a city and you're watching TV, you're like, oh my gosh, that looks like WPTZ. The graphics that we have are the same look that you would see in any city we're on. Okay. Which is to say, so if there's a Hearst station, there's one in Boston, they look like us. There's one, you know, all over the place, Kansas City, Sacramento, and on and on and on, Portland, Maine. So, so, so because the graphics are all pretty standard, they're plug and play uh, because they don't want you changing them. So I got a question for you. And this is actually, I don't know if this actually happened. I was young. I thought it happened. <laughs> we were traveling. I want to say we might have been at like Hampton Beach or someplace down down that way. Uh-huh. Would you have been on the TV at that time? Here? Down there? Or down there? No, here, but would it have had broadcasted down there? Because it is southern Vermont. Or southern New Hampshire, sorry. Uh, Hampton Beach would be a no, because that would be... It would be a station... Uh, WMUR is a Hearst station in New Hampshire. I have a very vivid memory, and I know this is weird. We were in a hotel... Motel hotel was it was on a beach. I, I I'm assuming it was New Hampshire, a Hampton Beach, and I remember watching the news and you were the one doing it. And I don't know if it was just a, a carryover, maybe it was a weird station that picked had picked you guys up. And I remember seeing it. I'm like, wait, he, he, you know what? Uh, You're, I, I was young. I was this well, is probably early yeah. '90s. I could tell you. Pro- I could tell you what that was probably. Ch- Channel 31. Are you familiar with Channel 31? Is that that, the CW channel? Yeah. Okay. It's confusing. Yeah. Channel 31 used to be licensed down in the Connecticut River Valley. Okay. Okay. It was on Mount Escutney. So it was the NBC station for a chunk of New Hampshire down there. Okay. Okay. I'll bet you that... I'll bet you that WNNE, which is what that station was, is was uh, on the cable system in all of New Hampshire. And I'll bet you that's how you saw that, and I would have been on that station. Okay. It had to be. Cause that like that said, makes sense. It's a very vivid memory, because I remember, I remember telling my parents, I'm like, oh my, I'm like, wait, we're on vacation. How come? What's how, that guy doing here? How come he said... But it, it, <laughs> you know what the crazy thing was, and I think that this kind of goes back to why I think people you know love you in the area, is that even as a little kid, I felt... You know, we were on vacation, but it made me feel like I was still home. And it was like, especially as a little, and again, I was a little kid at the time. I might have been like five. I just remember seeing it. And I, I, I remember having this, this like 
weird ease on me that was like, oh, we're not really like homesick. We're not really that far from home. And it, it was like a weird. It was oh, a that's weird kind of cool. Yeah, it was a weird situation. I it was like, if I ever meet Tom, I'm gonna ask him if he would have been on. Cause yeah, I just. I could have swore it was Hampton Beach. It was a, definitely a beach, so we were definitely on the ocean. Well, that makes sense. And it's the only one I could think of because I don't think it would have been like in Maine or anything. That makes sense because uh, it, it, it was. It was. Uh, I'm trying to think of uh, where the license was, but it was for New Hampshire and that part of Vermont, the actual station. It's since been moved up to Montpelier. Uh, as a license i want to say this was like 95 yeah that would make sense that was before all that happened so it must have been on all of new hampshire because it was an nbc station and the big station in new hampshire is an abc station so that yeah that makes sense actually okay that that, that actually feels good so now i just i was like i'm not crazy you thought you were nuts yeah (laughs) i was kind of thinking i'm like did i did that actually happen it's like i've been been big on the mandela effect lately i don't know if you know what that is what is that mandela effect when you think things happen but it didn't actually happen so I would have been like, Tom was in there. And you're like, I was never there. And I'm like, I have a very yeah, good no, memory I don't think of that's Tom. It. And you're like, no, I wasn't. that wasn't me. I was like, then who was the lookalike that looked like Tom? <laughs> so then you almost wonder, was it a dream? Was it an alternate universe where Tom is now, you know, an, uh, the weatherman out in, um, you know, Hampton Beach or Maine or something like that? So that's good. I feel, I feel good about that. So, good. <laughs> um, how has weather evolved since you came in uh, 30 years ago? Or more than that. But how does, like, how has things changed? Technology changed? The visual, how has that changed? How has the, I guess, just being on the camera, how has, the, how, how has things just evolved since you started? Well, technology has changed, I mean exponentially it's just you know we did have a green screen when i first got here when i took that job in rochester i was telling you about uh when i first got into weather we actually did not have a green screen we had a hard weather map you know there was wow. there it is it was kind of like metal. the old uh, willard scott one you yes used to see? Yeah. yeah it was kind of like that yeah. it was a metal map that you would uh, put like little h's for highs l's for lows and they were magnets wow and then you would put on a little cold front so as you'd imagine, things have changed a lot since then. So uh, Watertown, we had a green screen, but the maps were terrible. And they were pretty bad when I first got here just because the technology wasn't there. So, you know, what it looks like and the weather maps that you now see behind us are pretty much as good as a computer can be because anything that's back there is computer generated. So, so the technology from a computer, you know, power standpoint what, what they can handle between 1990 and now is just and sick. What about the radar and what about the actual science to find weather and predict weather? Yeah, well, the radar is way better. They've upgraded the actual radars, what they can do. Uh, the radar can now, you know, see, I put in quotes, wind. And when you can see wind direction, then you can see if there's, you know, twist in the atmosphere. They can identify tornadoes before they actually touch on the ground which isn't a huge thing here, but certainly down south they are with the radars now. So that technology is huge. We, we've had tornadoes up here, right? We have. But yeah. I mean, smaller versions. But... Yeah, they're usually, you know, EF0, EF1, but enough to, you know, rip roofs off houses and stuff. Well, there was there was one, um, God, this might have been, I'm trying to think how old it was. It was probably like 08, 09, 010, or 010, 2010, somewhere in that range. There was a, a t- tornado that basically went through kind of like Sciota area. And I remember... I just remember going through Miner's Woods and Chase. I'm from Chase. So I went through Miner's Woods. We were going up to actually Montreal for a soccer game. And I just remember driving from my house to my buddy's house to pick him up. And all these trees were taken down. And wow. it was literally just one pathway. And it was a big, it was a big uh, storm. And I think you guys had said that was just kind of 
it was it was some type of tornado. I don't know. It was probably that might have been the one. Uh, it's probably about ten years ago, maybe twelve years ago. Well, I remember one that came through and uh, and hit Treadwell Bay, and really messed up some of the uh, some of the boats there. This would have been north, and it was vis- it was like a visual, or uh, you could visibly see almost like a direct path, like this whole thing just like tore through a bunch of trees, and it was de- trees were in the road, and it was just this one strip, so it was just a weird. Yeah. I'd never seen that before, and it was it was. I mean, it's, it was weather. It was cool. I mean, obviously not for the trees, and hopefully nobody's house was was hurt. But um, <laughs> are there any fun facts about weather that you have that people wouldn't know about? Fun facts, or things uh, that you find just like kind of whimsical, or like oh, this is kind of a cool thing that happens in weather. Well, it is getting warmer, you know, and uh, I like know through global warming and all that. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, and the debate, the debate is going to rage on about why that is, uh, but there's no question about it. We do 30-year averages. That's mm-hmm. what meteorologists do. And the top of every decade, you take the last 30 years and do the average to say, hey, you know, normally the high today would be 82. Um, and those averages are the 30-year average. And I noticed this year for the first time, the average high at the hottest part of the year, which we just passed, was 83. I've never seen that before. Just as one example of it being warmer. Gotcha. But, but the storms, it's raining. You know, the rain we're getting is harder than it used, you know, on average than it used to be. Mm-hmm. How about Saturday? I, I don't know if you were. Saturday, was it saying, rained what was, what was Saturday? so hard in Plattsburgh. Um, we had a storm that came through. We went down to Lake George. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I wasn't here for the yeah. afternoon. So, yeah, that could have been. But it was just, you know, and, and everybody at work was talking about, my gosh, I haven't oh, seen it raining. You're right, because I came in. It was like fl- it was right in front of your office and going yeah, down. Yeah, it was flooding by, like crazy. It was flooded. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So that was probably around four o'clock when we got back in Yeah, town. that's right. Yeah. It was, it was, it was Hard five going, probably, but, or but five o'clock. Yeah, five. that's about right. Yeah. But, but, you know, those kinds of, uh, of downpours, we seem to get more of them. We just do. And, and, uh, you know, we'll see how this all goes. We'll see if this is uh, somewhat of a temporary thing, but I don't think there's any question things have changed. Um, and that doesn't have to do with like or uh, you know cycles or anything. You always think of like you always hear like El Nino comes around right. every what seven years. And is there any cycles that you find like that that are consistent up here? Well, I think there had been, but it just seems more extreme now, and year in and year out, where where the cycles, the El Nino type stuff. You know, when you get on that side, it's it, it, it's just different what's happening now. It's more prominent. And, and so you think it is definitely more kind of a man-made thing, just the, just like you said. And I, I think I that's where it comes from. It's just obviously weather's been like this for, you know, thousands, millions, you know, tens of millions sure. of years and things change, which yeah. is, you know, you know, why the dinosaurs grow, die, you know, and there's different things like weather kind of or meteors and, and things like that. Right. But, um, now, when you started getting... How smooth were you? Again, it's going back to the showmanship part. How smooth are you when you came on, like the late eighties, nineties? Were you always kind of upbeat, chipper, like you know, very, you know, um, I don't want to say theatrical. Well, I guess theatrical, like you, you play it up, or is that something you just kind of really want at some point in time just hit you? And you're like, you know what, I got to start upping my game, being a little bit more animated. No, I don't think uh, that's the case. I think in some ways I went the other way. I think I might have been over the top a little bit at first. Okay. Um, I've always been kind of a, I don't want to say a hyper kid, but, uh, you know, uh, I've had a lot of energy, but, um, I, I think that when I first got here and I remember people saying, Whoa, you know, who is this guy? He's a little over the top. And I think part of that was being probably a little more than I am now, but also compared to everybody else, 
there was a huge difference. The bar was set low. Well, in the animation end I, of it, yeah, I no, think so. Yeah, I think so. And and I think at first some people thought I was kind of nuts because when I first <laughs> got here, I uh, I sort of set my I set some goals for myself and I wanted to like go visit schools and got on TV and said, hey, you know, if you want me to come visit your school and do a weather presentation, and this this crazy thing happened where uh, I went to a school. Gosh, this had to be 1990, maybe. Let's think about this. Certainly by 91, but might have been earlier. And I went to a school and they gave me a t-shirt. And I said, oh, this is cool. So I went on TV and I held it up and I said, hey, just want to say, you know, quick hi, shout out to the school, you know, Shazy or whoever it was. I can't remember exactly who the first one was. Well, I mean, the producer of our news was like, what in the world are you doing? Because that wasn't on script. No, that was not the way it was supposed to be. I said, I said... Yeah. Bear with me here. Yeah. I said, I know, I realize this seems weird, but just, but hang in there. And they said, all right, fine. And then I went to another school, got another shirt because they saw it. And then went to another school and I ended up getting shirts one after another, after another, after another. And I kept, you know, th- showing them on TV. And uh, it just turned into this thing where I had a mountain of T-shirts. And it just turned into... Um, you know, this big collection that ended up, actually, I had quilts made out of the logos of these things. So it's like hanging in the, the rafters of uh, <laughs> Well, but it isn't, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah. So, uh, so I think that, um, uh, I don't know, I don't know if it's bending the rules, but I started to do things here that they had not seen done here before. You push the limits. You, you I, I kind of pushed the limits, and then they just got used to me doing crazy things, and we would do live shots, and I'd you know, be doing the games at the festivals and all this stuff that here, nobody had seen any of this. And I think everybody was like, all right, this is a little different. And but people gravitate towards that. Yeah. Like I think, that. I think they like, if it. You're, you're boring, people are like, God, I don't want to see this guy again, you know, but you know, you see, you're like, God, that's Tom. Like we, we like him. So, um, now it, I think I know the answer, but what is, <laughs> what is your top moment weather wise over the last 30 years? It's got to be the ice storm. Okay, that's what I thought. So yeah. I just, if you can, just kind of go in on that a little bit, just to, like, ba- basically, like, what was that whole thing like? Because I remember, again, I was eight years old, I think, at the time. So how was it actually covering it every day? Uh, well, let's see. We're back in 1998, mm-hmm. yep. and we were looking at forecast models, and I've had uh, a few people mention to me. Uh, that they heard me go on the 11 o'clock news one night and say, we've got something major going on here that I have never seen before. I said it on TV because I was just looking at, you know, in those days, certainly the information we were using uh, for data was different, but you could just see that you could see that it was going to rain. And this is, this is something that happens here. It's going to rain because you could tell it was going to be warm enough aloft above the surface of the earth that it was going to be rain, not snow. But you could also see that at the surface of the earth here in Plattsburgh, for mm-hmm. instance, that it was going to be well below zero uh, Celsius. It was going to be well below 32 degrees. That's the setup for freezing rain, which is to say it's going to rain, it's going to hit the surface, it's going to freeze. And the forecast models I was looking at, it looked like this was going to go on for days. You could see it. And we're like, you know, because we get our share of sleet 
and also black freezing ice, rain all and all and black ice and everything usually comes we have it for a few hours people sliding all over the place car accidents then it clears out and you move on mm -hmm. the difference here was that you could see it was going to be a very long duration event so went on tv and said i've never seen anything on paper that looks like this i'm really concerned and then that happened what caused that what caused that weather pattern well again it got warm aloft so when it's warm enough that it rains and you've got cold air stuck at the surface, which is what we had, and there was no movement from the upper level wind, mm -hmm. which is what normally moves storms. You know, it's like lows come through, highs come through, and we had a blocking pattern. So the setup for the freezing rain, which again, we see here regularly, but the setup for this, nothing was moving. And that was the problem. And, and again, this was just... The same forecast. It was like it was like Groundhog's Day. It was just every day was the same day over and over Pretty again. Pretty much. Um, and we've obviously never seen it since. But if you, because the other thing too is once the snow accumulates, then all of a sudden you get past it, then it's got to all melt down. Oh yeah. Right. So I mean, that would it go for two weeks roughly? Well, I, I it was like a, a four or five day thing of actual rain. Okay. Uh, five days might be pushing it, but. Uh, it just never stopped raining was the problem, and it never got warm enough during the first three days anyway for it not to freeze. And it just, you know, imagine, you know, you get a little bit of freezing rain and you see on your limbs, on your trees or whatever. Yeah, it like, looks oh, pretty. Yeah, yeah, it looks kind yeah. of pretty. That's kind of nice. Well, if it keeps <laughs> raining and it, it continues to be 25 degrees, the ice gets bigger, bigger, like bigger, bigger. Yeah. And then eventually everything just cracks and breaks. Um, I just remember vividly, like again, a power line one time snapping down. I was outside playing. And you just see because just the weight of the ice was just tore yeah. it down, and yeah. um, you know generators were out of stock, and it was just yeah. crazy. And I, luckily, we had a, um, a wood stove at home, so we actually made a lot of stuff on the wood stove. Like you'd heat up, you know, spaghettios, or heat up soup, or you know, we had milk in like a. You know, you're trying to get ice and pack a milk thing, which you probably just put outside, you know, but, um, you know, but, but did you guys have enough wood? Because that, that did we, turn out to be an issue. We, I know. we did. We lucked out. Um, it was what, February. So I was getting towards it, it the was tail January. End. It was January. So it was getting towards the tail end of, um, I guess the, we always got stocked of wood up in about April. Okay. I remember stacking wood as a kid. And then, so we were kind of getting towards the end. We had enough, but it was, you know, getting yeah. towards the end. Uh, we lucked out. Um, now what was the time? I just remember again, you on NBC, this was today's show, and you were standing on top of a giant snow pile. <laughs> and I thought this was brilliant because you're like, oh, I'm just shoveling or something like this. It's like yeah. iconic, like Tom Messner up on the shovel, throwing shovel or sho throwing snow off this giant snow pile. Where was the snow pile and what, were you, what was the event? Just a big snowstorm? Yeah, what happened was there was a big snowstorm and it looked like the snowstorm was going to hit New York City. So down in New York, everybody was going crazy about how much snow was going to hit. Roker was on NBC, and all the stations were saying it was going to snow like crazy. Well, what happened was it didn't snow there, and the snow ended up coming here. So we got a call from Regis Philbin, his people, yep. uh, back when he was on the morning show. Yep, Regis with, and Kelly. yeah. And Kelly, it, it was actually brand Regis new then. And, oh, okay. It was she Kelly. Was on, okay. Kelly was new. So we got a, we got a call from them. They said, hey, we, we would like to do a, a live shot with you guys and see the snow. So we said, okay. So, um, so I was live on their show showing the snow and stuff like that. And, uh, and Regis was, you know, busting mm -hmm. whatever. So, uh, so that was a whole bunch of fun. And, and the people at the Today Show on NBC saw that. 
and then called and said, hey, can you go on tomorrow morning with this? So it turns out that Matt Lauer was there at the time and Roker had been saying how much snow New York City is going to get. And the forecast just completely busted and came up to us. So what we did was we had a giant snow pile in the parking lot from plowing. Uh, oh, so this snow. was your the parking this lot? This was our parking okay. lot. So so we had a photographer who was great, Mike French at the time. And I said, I said let's do this. And we set it all up. So, so we're on the Today Show in the morning and uh, Lauer is given Roker a tough time about how much he blew the forecast. So he goes, let's, let's find out where this snow went. Here's Tom up at our affiliate WPTZ in Plattsburgh. And we had a tight shot on me with a shovel in my hand. And he's like, Hey Tom, how's it going? Blah, blah, blah. And I, I was busting. I said, hang on a second. I, I, I just want to finish shoveling here. And then Mike, the photographer knew at that point I'm faking, you know, shoveling and he pulls out and it's me on this giant <laughs> pile. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and it was funny because uh, Katie Couric was on too, so it was Katie and Matt, and they thought it was the funniest thing. And they didn't know that was happening. No, they had no idea. So that's great. They, they had no idea. So it was it, it was it was just it was one of the most fun things that I've done. I I, uh, I just remember watching that, and I'm like, well, one, it obviously takes a lot of uh, poise to do that because you're obviously on a big stage at that point, and a lot of people are seeing you all over, all over the country, and for you just to be like. Wait, just a sec. I'm just shuffling. Like, yeah. I, I know when you're trying to pull something off, especially when you think it's kind of funny, like oh, you're sweating. Like, hopefully this doesn't <laughs> I seem hope cheesy. I don't blow this. Yeah, yeah. Don't blow it. And all of a sudden, like, God, here's that guy we thought was going to be a cool story. Um, and have you been on any other national things because of weather or um, guest spots? So I've been on uh, the two we just talked about. I ended up, I think I've been on a Today Show f- like four times, mm-hmm. something like that. Uh, if something's going on up here once Mostly in a while. Mostly snow related? Uh, yes. One, one I did live from the ferry for the today show because it was so cold. We were having this wicked cold snap and, uh, and that was kind of fun too, because, um, uh, we took, uh, I put a bowl of, uh, this was actually Kate, my wife's idea. So we, what did we, we put in a bowl, uh, some cereal might've put milk in there and then a banana or something like that. Anyway, so, and put it out so it froze because it was so cold. And I was talking about, I said, you know, a lot of people commute here, so they end up eating breakfast. But you have to be careful when the weather's like this. Cause, and I showed it. And then if you turn it upside down, it, it was Solid. stuck. Yeah. And that was live on the on Tay Show? That was live on the I don't think it's show. Not, yeah. that, that's a good one, too. So they, mu- they must out look at this guy and be like, this guy's great. Well, uh, you know, I don't know. That was a while ago. But uh, <laughs> um so, uh, so yeah, I did that. Uh, let's see, the, the Weather Channel came up and did a special on the ice storm. So I, I was on that, too. So I guess that was it. I have been on uh, some of the other TV stations that our company owns. Like, uh, I might get a call from, I remember being on Baltimore or Kansas City, to where they just say, hey, uh, you want to go on with us and just talk about your weather up there because it's so brutal. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. Just kind of almost have like a boots-on-the-ground person in that yeah. area. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... I guess another question I had for those big events, does that get your adrenaline pumping? Yes. When you see a snowstorm? Oh yeah. Okay. Cause Absolutely. I mean, it gets us excited. Then I see you get excited and then yeah. you're like around the clock and you're work, you, you work must be crazy hours when those things. Hit. Oh yeah. 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 All hands on deck. Yeah. Yep. Drink coffee. A lot of it. Okay. I was, I was just wondering, I'm like, you have to, if you have oh, a yeah. weird schedule. Oh yeah. Um, so <laughs> a couple other, a couple other questions. How many suits do you own? 
That's a great Or are you just going to say, I have just two and I just swap them out? Well, it's funny. Uh, I'm actually down to five. Okay. But over the years, I've had just a crazy number of them. And I'm laughing because not that long ago, maybe a year ago, I finally cleared out. It had to be it had to be 30 of them that we put in the box, you know, where you, um, the donation, don- the donation, because, uh, I just thought, I just don't, uh, so you, you just have, I got my blue, I got my gray, I got my black, I got my maybe a little funkier one. I got another, maybe blue, like pretty much. Yes. Um, yeah. is, does Tyler Jankowski have like, uh, like, uh, a stylist? Like when he, when he's dressed, it looks like he has like a very tailored suit. Yeah. So I'm going to say like, you look good. You guys all look good. But then I look at Tyler and yeah. he just like comes up. And I'm like, this guy obviously just upped the fashion game at the, at WMB, uh, you know, NBC five. That, so. That's his thing. Yeah. It's fashion. No, so, yeah. um, how is it working with the other guys? So Ben, Tyler, Caitlin, is that just like, we got a good gr- group of people. Great group. Great. Um, group. and obviously all roughly about the same age, all kind of coming up. And now you're, like you said, the old guy. So yeah. now do you love that mentorship aspect? Uh, I like the mentor aspect, but you, you would be surprised how much they teach me which is to say that because they're, you know, they're out of college a few years, depending on who it is. I mean, Tyler's, I think he's 29 now. Okay. And Caitlin's up there a little bit. Ben is the youngest of, the, uh, of them. So what happens is because they went to school relatively recently and they grew up with computers, which I literally did not. Mm-hmm. So that, that's why the older guys stumble a little bit more on these computer things where the other guys, it's just like second nature. So they've taught me a lot of the forecasting stuff that you can find online or how to use some of the new um, you know, models and, and the way the data is presented and stuff that we had in the old days in a different way. So it's really a two-way street, which is great. I love having the young people there. Yeah, so it just seems like you guys have a good crew and you guys oh, play yeah. off well. And I, I just think, uh, like I said, it's nice when you kind of because you, you and I know you and Tyler do a lot yep. together. Yeah, um, we Caitlin's do. in the morning. Yeah, Ben, Ben fills in too, right? Oh, is yeah. Different. Yeah. Okay, so yep. I figure time wise, um, and a, cu- a couple questions, last few questions because I know we're yeah we got a couple more minutes. Yeah, we're the, good. Do you find? You were you were inducted into the Vermont Association of Broadcasters Hall of Fame in 2016. To me, that's kind of like getting inducted into the Golf Hall of Fame when you still have a career. Does that seem weird that you're a Hall of Famer now but still have time? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I thought you'd have to wait till uh, either you're done or you're dead. Yeah, maybe if you're dead, you just get the building named after you or something. Like I said, the house that Tom built. That's what we're hoping. So, um, do you find now? How how long much I mean do you is this something that you plan on doing longer Do you still enjoy doing it Is it kind of one where you're like Yeah you know what I like it But I like retirement too You know kind of traveling Doing stuff with my wife and kids And yeah. so kind of like What's your forecast going forward I mean how much time do you think That you still want to do it Or I don't want you to say you're retiring But I'm saying it's You know no, Do you no, still, no, I still enjoy it uh, No I, I do I enjoy it a lot I wish uh, I wish we'd get a break from COVID I'm a little bit nervous Where this is going to go Because I like to go out And do live stuff mm-hmm. So uh, we'll see how this goes But um, you know I'm thinking about the end You know And we're We've had very uh, Honest conversations At the TV station About we need to set it up For the future You know I'm certainly not in any hurry To leave But I'm not getting any younger And the station needs to survive so it's kind of open-ended. You know, I'm not ready to walk out the door just yet, but I'm starting to think about it. Yeah. 
I was going to say, but you seem, yeah. like I said, you're still, you're still into it. I think you still oh, do a yeah. great job. It's not to the point where you're like, I've got to wheel Tom out of here. Like he's, you know, he's, a, well, he's kind of like a Brett Favre of like, okay, Brett, you, you've had enough seasons. Like get out. You know, I and, don't want to see you playing for the Jets. And, and, it, <laughs> and it's interesting you say that because yeah, I don't, I, I will not hang on super long because I, I'm not a fan of that. I'm with you hundred percent on that. Are, are you going to, you think you're going to have like a post career of like a, you had a kid show. Are you going to come back as like a television host now? No, like, no, I don't. I don't be think like a so. Steve Harvey or are you going to be one of those guys that <laughs> no, you know, it's funny. I, I, I think what'll happen is um, uh, I still like business, which is what I originally went to school for. Mm-hmm. And I think I will dabble a little bit with some business stuff while having a lot of time to myself eventually. Cool. So you just still keep busy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna need to do something. I can't. I can't just be a retired guy, which is why I haven't taken off because I, you know, I I, I just can't see. I want to play golf too. Yeah. Um. But I think I need some kind of schedule. But but you're you're uh, you're pretty active though, right? Yeah. Running, biking, things like that. Yeah. Skiing. Yeah. Um, you ski at Whiteface? Yep. That's your main? Yeah. Yep. Um, I, I've started skiing. I'm trying to get better at skiing. It's, it's fun, isn't it's it? It's a lot of fun, but I've only been consistently skiing for about two years. Wow. So I can get Good down a, you. I can get down a mountain, but I have some friends that go, and part of it is like, God, we got to pass the winter. So it's it's fun. Well, that's what I found. I, uh, you know, and I tell the people that move here, especially if they came from somebody, somewhere warmer, which some of them have, mm-hmm. I said, you have to embrace winter or you'll go out of your mind. Yeah. And when I first got here, I figured that out. And once I started skiing, it changed everything. Yeah. It made everything way better. I find that the winters pass quicker because I yeah. might go up only once a week or once every two weeks, but I look so forward to going up that day. And I come yeah. back and I'm on cloud nine because yeah. like, this is just, it's just, it's trippy that you can be at the top of white face in the morning. Like you hit the first, we hit the first run about 830. You know, you're up there, you know, little white face or whatever by 845 and all of a sudden I'm back in my office by noon. It's just a weird transition. And it's interesting you say that. That's been one of my favorite things about living here. Mm -hmm. Bullseye. This is a world-class ski area that you could do exactly what you said because tons of the days I ski, I then go to work too. It's awesome. Do you hit the Vermont slopes a lot too? Nope. Because I, I mean, I have sometimes, but Whiteface has always been the one that was uh, the one that made the most sense. Um, it, the rest, I, a lot of them ski. The people on the on oh the yeah station. yeah yeah. I was gonna say yeah. I see a lot of them. Like I follow a lot of you guys on social media, and it's kind of cool. Like I find it, you just, it just seems like everybody's always skiing. Yeah. Well, that's great though, because it's yeah. just kind of especially with weather people being outside. Well, what happened here though is you know when we moved the station over to Vermont, everybody was here skiing whiteface. But then all the people that moved to Vermont ended up then skiing in Vermont, and that left me here at Whiteface pretty much alone, to be yeah. honest with you, you call- in, in terms of the, the the TV people. Do you ski with them a lot? Or yeah, I used to. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, it really changed yeah. everything. Whatever, everybody yeah. left but me. <laughs> well, that's why you got to get. You got to start having uh, events down at the at the house that Tom built now. So we got to get <laughs> got to get some people back. You know, get a ski club going. You know, you'd be amazed how many people we work with have never been in there because of the whole COVID thing. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I, I believe it. Yeah, I mean yeah. it's it's like kind of the same thing too. It's like you've been on Zoom. It's like I haven't actually been, or me when we first were doing it, I'm like, I haven't been in that house. Like, oh, I haven't even seen your house closed yet because it's just weird. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, yeah. So Tom, if uh, well, actually the last thing I want to ask you, giving back is that something that's really big on for you? Yes. Because um, I, I look at some of the the things that you've worked with American Red Cross, United Way, Ronald McDonald House. Um, there's quite a a list here. Um, what's the importance of that? And then giving your, you know, I guess status or popularity locally, like 
you know, I think that you play a big part in, even if it's just hosting the event or emceeing the event. Right. Um, so what's, how long you've been doing that kind of stuff and why is that important, you know, kind of being in the local area? Yeah, I've been doing it for, for a long time. I, 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 I just think, I think that, that with a job like mine, it comes a responsibility to use your name for good. Mm-hmm. And it's not like heavy lifting, you know, we're not digging ditches here. It's like, if, uh, if I can help out somebody just by, you know, sometimes somebody will say, Hey, can you do this? And then we're going to put your name on the thing that says you're going to be there. And it's just, it's, it's so easy. And for them, it, it oftentimes is a really big deal that helps them out and it makes me feel great. And it, it, it just, it helps everybody, you know, and I think for you, it's probably fun. Well, right? it is you know? fun. Oh, it's definitely yeah. fun. And, uh, you know, we've got one coming up even just on Saturday in Vermont, they're doing this, uh, the relay for life it happens at the location that the TV stations at. Oh, perfect. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and it's like, it's just so easy and helpful to them that, that, that there's no reason not to. Yeah. No, that's cool. I, I want to talk to you about that just because you did so much. And I, I like, like I said, I'm starting to get more into that. And it's, it's, it's fun to give back, especially when you get to like help other people. It's, it's a cool well, thing. Well, for sure. And, and you know, you're right. I, I'm just trying to think, I can't think of many events I've ever been to where it's just not fun. Yeah. And fun is really important to me. Yeah. I, well, I noticed that when you came in, I said, if anybody, like I said, you're listening to Tom now, he's, he's the same way that he, he was before this. And I'm sure he'd be the same on the way out. Like just, just a very energetic, like I said, kind of happy to, that's you know, that coffee you were asking about. Yeah. You already had one, this, a few this morning, probably. So, and a few more I'm guessing throughout the rest you of the day. You got that so, right. Um, Tom, I appreciate you coming on. This was a lot of fun. I want to make sure you're not, I would hate to have you like running on, on like the 12 o'clock and be like, why are you late, Tom? Because this guy wouldn't stop talking. So. Galen. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll uh, but uh, Tom, I appreciate coming on. Um, thank you for all you do. Like I said, you've been a, you know, it's fun, fun to watch. And my, my little kids even know that's Tom on screen. I'm like, hey, buddy, who's that? That's Tom. I'm like, oh, okay. that's so, so nice. Yeah, because I was like a set, well, I say second generation, but more than that. But I've been watching you since I was, uh, again, 1990, you came here. I was, I was wow. one years old and said, now that I got, I got three little ones and they're all, you know, kind of going through. So it is cool. Um, I enjoy it. Like I said, your, your banter's back and forth. And I think your uh, animation is second to none. Um, but yeah, anything else? Or you, I, I, I think say how to find you, but I think you can just watch NBC. You'll, do, you'll uh, do you have the kids out skiing yet? That's the next thing I'm working on. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I, my goal is to try to get my oldest two. So my oldest is three and a half. My middle one's two. My youngest is seven. Wow. Seven or eight months. Wow. I think eight months today. Oh, you um, guys got your hands oh, full. Yeah, it's a little chaotic. So I want to get them out kind of on the tow rope and just drag them yeah. around the, you know, yeah. the yard. And I have a couple of friends that have the kids that are going out. So kind of like a dad's club where I'll bring the kids out. Yeah, skiing yeah, yeah. That's fun. what we so, did. And it's yeah. great. And then they get a little bit older and then they say, all right, dad, see you for lunch. And then they ski with their friends. And it's, they're it's really bombing great. down. Yeah. Then they get, you get out. And yeah. It's like, so between yeah. that, get, get them going early. That and golf. That's the goal so fantastic well tom i appreciate you coming on um again everybody the uh episode 149 with the goat tom messner hey thanks galen yeah thank you thanks for listening to the galen trombley show if you want to reach me you can go on facebook at galen trombley on instagram at galen trombley and on youtube at galen trombley the spelling g-a-e-l-a-n-t-r-o-m-b-l-e-y